Thanks for joining us for another episode of Farm Focus. For this episode, we're looking at what it takes to produce turkeys, the centerpiece of Thanksgiving celebrations. Earlier this month, I spoke with Craig Palman, who along with his family operates a farm in northeastern Pennsylvania that specializes in producing fresh market birds for the holidays. I spoke with Craig a few days before he and the farm's employees harvested turkeys for Thanksgiving. So my name is Craig Palman, and I am uh, I am one of the owners of Palman Farms located in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. Uh, myself and my business partner, uh, who's a first cousin, and his name is Douglas, are fifth generation uh, on the farm here. We are very fortunate enough that both of our fathers are still very active uh, on the farm at the age of 70. Uh, it has been their entire life and uh, it was a huge impetus for us to continue uh, the farm moving in the right direction because it was so significant to them. Uh, so we've, we've, uh, we've done our best up to this point to try to maintain the integrity and the profitability of the business and give them the opportunity to still participate every single day and we wouldn't have it any other way. That's that's fantastic. Tell me about some of the things that uh, you grow and raise. So the farm itself is located in uh, very close proximity to a huge population source. So while we are in rural northeastern Pennsylvania, the farm itself is only about a mile and a half off of 81. We're very close to the scranton Wilkesbury area. We have, we have built our business model uh, around direct consumer sales. Uh, so what we do is we have approximately 15 acres of UPIC strawberries. And uh, that part of the business is, is open from basically the first week of June until just after the 4th of July. Uh, and that is 100% you pick. So we are open for the public to come out and, and pick uh, what they desire. Uh, we don't do anything wholesale wise with those berries. The varieties of berries that we're growing are, are made for you pick consumption, uh, uh, which is what gives them, you know, the, the great flavor that they do have. So what we lose is the shipability with that and, and trying to create the sweetest berry that we can give the customers. So that's, that's the nature of the you pick the UPIC business itself. Um, so the second portion of our direct consumer business model is obviously the, the poultry side of the business. Um, that, is, that is something that my grandfather had, uh, had started and uh, had built. Uh, that, that, was, that was his namesake, was the, the fresh market turkeys and capons that we raise. And we currently raise right around 9,000 turkeys and, and just over 2,000 capons, which is basically a neutered chicken. Uh, we raise them right here on the farm and we process them right here on the farm. And again, you know, those products are all direct consumer sales as well. Um, so we'll start putting turkeys in in the early part of June. Uh, we're sourcing all of our poults and all of our chicks from uh, outside hatcheries. We're picking them up at a day of age. And and then, uh, and then putting them in the, the housing that we have here, the, the poultry housing that we have on the home farm, um, and, and raising them for the oldest ones will be roughly 20 weeks of age. The youngest ones will be 14 to 15 weeks of age. But the, the nature of our customer base, we're, we're trying to produce turkeys uh, that will range anywhere as small as 14 pounds to as big as 45 to 50. Um, 
which sounds uh, a little bit crazy, but surprisingly enough, there is some demand out there for turkeys that are that big. And obviously we're niched because you can't go to a grocery store and buy, you know, that type of product. Um, but again, that's, you know, that, that's all direct consumer. So we're in the process of taking orders now and, and have been since usually around Labor Day is, is when we'll start receiving both online orders and phone in orders. And we're probably about a week away from being sold out uh, based on where numbers are right now. Uh, we will commence harvesting uh, these turkeys and capons uh, the beginning of next week. And that's probably the, the biggest push for us is the is the processing side of it obviously raising raising any type of livestock is a seven day a week job uh, but when we get into the processing side of it that's our big crunch um, because we're marketing everything as fresh and not frozen we we are limited to how early uh, in the month of November we can start processing and still maintain that that freshness without freezing it, um, which is our niche. We never, you know, we never freeze any of our products. Uh, they're always fresh. So our crunch is that calendar when we can actually start and, and have that limited number of days from our start date until that turkey is sitting at the center of somebody's Thanksgiving table. Tell me a little bit, I, I guess, even before we get to the part of harvesting, you know, the, the care that goes into to raising a bird like this. Uh, it's, we are not, we're not your traditional turkey growers. Um, you know, a, a lot of guys are raising, uh, they're raising turkeys and, and they're obviously the goal is to, you know, to try to raise something as fast as possible, uh, just because of the cost that goes into it and still attain, uh, the desired marketable size, right? Um, we we kind of go against the grain with our production philosophy. We raise we raise our turkeys a little bit longer than most guys to to give us the ability not only to get that desired weight but to get that desired. We classify it as a finish. Okay, it's kind of like marbling in a good steak. Um, it, it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of fat you know within that turkey that gives them the the juiciness and and the, the taste that everybody's desiring and and sometimes that's a little bit tougher to to attain when you're you know when you're on a normal production system where you're raising them for a frozen market you know it, it's just a, it's a different philosophy um, the other the other big difference for us is typically commercial growers will start a turkey out in a building that would accommodate that turkey up to a certain age and a certain size and then they would move it to another another either portion of existing housing or completely different setup housing to accommodate the, the larger size right so the feeders, the waterers are, are different to accommodate the larger bird. Um, we work actually just the opposite. When, when we put our day-old poults into, uh, into the, the poultry housing that we have, they start and finish in the same building. Um, so they're never moved. There's no cross-contamination with the rest of the flock. So they, they start and finish in the same housing. And it, it gives us the ability to keep our mortality rates, you know, down under two percent on our entire flock, which is, which is pretty good. Um, they just they don't have that exposure or to to any disease. 
disease or any illness uh, when you're when you're keeping them within the confines of themselves. And and we you know we we go through the motions of actually changing the feeders and waterers within the building to accommodate the size of the turkey at the age that they are. So while we start them out, uh, you know, in very small areas under brooder stoves and small pan feeders, by the time they, you know, they get within a couple weeks of harvest, they've got, you know, full range of the building, um, larger capacity feeders and waters that they have access to all day, every day. So, uh, and at the same time, you know, we, we probably, we probably at the time of harvest have a little bit more square footage per head than most commercial growers, um, which we think gives us a better product in the end. You know, it's when they have the ability to move around and they're more comfortable, it does translate into a better product in the end. So we don't free range anything. Uh, they are all inside the building. They're all open air buildings, but we don't free range anything just from just from the standpoint of, of trying to protect them from predators. Okay. So we're, we're talking here in early November, um, and the next couple of weeks are going to be very busy for you. Kind of explain to me why they are going to be so busy. You've spent the last 20 weeks raising these turkeys, and now you know, you're getting within the home stretch of connecting with your customer base and actually getting to a point where you're generating some revenue, right? Um, uh, raising the turkeys, you know, requires, even though it's, uh, it's seven days a week, uh, it, it doesn't require a lot of manpower, but we get into the actual harvest and the processing and packaging plan is running seven days a week. You know, you're, you're looking at a significant increase labor wise. Um, and that's probably our, that's probably our biggest challenge for, for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, it's very, very intense uh, from the standpoint of it's seven days a week for two and a half to three weeks, right? Um, it takes approximately 25 people uh, to do what we're doing from processing and, and packaging. So you're looking at, a, from our standpoint, a significant labor need for a very short period of time. Uh, which which is tough anywhere in the country right now. Um, we do utilize uh, H2A workers is is what we're currently utilizing to try to to try to satisfy that try to satisfy that labor demand. Um, but that's that's our big crunch. So you know it's it's intense from the standpoint of administratively you're processing a lot of orders and production wise you're processing a lot of poultry and ultimately you know you get one shot to do this right you you've got you've got two days out of the year where you actually have your product and the customer making contact with each other so there's not a lot of margin for error you got to do it right you know so it's uh, and, and and we do pride ourselves on on making that making that connection happen seamlessly and and flawlessly and and hopefully sending the customer out the door with a smile on their face and and in our mind, you know, we've we've done a, a a pretty good job of it, even through the fifth generation. Because, you know, while we talk about being fifth generation farmers, we have a, a huge portion of our customer base is repeat business and multi generational as well, and and we take a lot of pride in that. You know, uh, it, it's become a tradition for them to to make that trip out and and to source that turkey for Thanksgiving from the farm here, even to the extreme of you know if we've got a family that may have had roots in Northeastern PA and for whatever reason are no longer in Northeastern PA. Um, 
they will reach out to us and, and they will ask us to, to ship their turkey to wherever they are located, you know, within the United States because they won't settle for, for anything else that they're going to try to get locally. And not a huge percentage, don't get me wrong. I mean, most of our turkeys are still staying right here in Northeastern PA. But if we've got a family that's been a customer for multiple generations and they're now living on the West Coast, we've, we've gone to the extreme of shipping turkeys to the West Coast to, to satisfy, their, satisfy them for the Thanksgiving holiday. Tell me about, you know, that customer relationship and how valuable it is to you all. Well, I mean, anytime your business model is, is a direct consumer uh, type transaction, you know, it, it's great business, number one, because there's no middleman involved. So, uh, so, so it's great for us as producers. We're, we're not at the mercy of a middleman who, you know, who's trying to market our product. But at the same time, it gives you the opportunity to to actually see the fruits of your labor go across the counter and into somebody's hands, and uh, and and it you know it, it inspires you to keep on doing it, you know. And and at the same time, in the event that there there is a problem, whether it be you know an order being mistakenly taken or or anything for that matter you know you have you have the chance as the as the owner of the business and the owner of the product to to remedy it right so you you can you can fix any situation really really quick uh which bodes well with the customer there's there's no doubt about that because they see that attention to detail and and they appreciate what you're doing talk to me a little bit about you know what your uh, i guess your your thoughts or your opinions are about you know the advantage of a fresh market bird it's like anything that you're sourcing anywhere, like fresh is best, right? So when you're talking about sourcing tomatoes out of the grocery store in December versus picking a tomato out of your garden in August, like there, there's a difference, right? And, and I think that anybody will attest to that. Um, but when you're dealing with something, and it's no different with, with anything, whether it be beef, pork, or poultry, when you're dealing with something that's, that's being marketed as fresh, right, and, and you know that it's been given the attention during raising it and, and know that it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's been processed you know, within, within a facility and then within a few, a few days of you actually utilizing, you know, that, that Turkey, there's, there's no substitute for that. You know, it hasn't been sitting in a freezer for three months um, and then sitting on a retailer's shelf. You know, there's, there's just advantages there that I, I think that some people can really appreciate. And, and it's not for everybody. Some people don't necessarily notice a difference between a frozen and a fresh turkey, but the ones that do will definitely will definitely reassure you that you know what you're providing them with is 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 something that they're not going to find at you know at the local retail level. What's your favorite way to cook turkey? Uh, we're still old school roasters, and you know we've 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 had them we've had them every way imaginable, deep fried uh smoked uh but we are still we're still old school roasters at heart and uh e even on our website and and a, and a fresh turkey is something that's really 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 easy to roast uh and and a lot of times people will become consumed with making it uh more of a challenge than it really is right when you're talking about the brining process and the basting process. And when you're, when you're dealing with one of our turkeys at, at the fresh level that we market them at, it's, it's, it's really, really simple to, 
to make that all happen and, and end up giving you something that's just mouthwatering in the end. And uh, it's hard to ruin it. I got to be honest with you. And we tell people that anybody that comes in and they're a first time Turkey roaster, you know, we will, we'll provide them with the roasting instructions that we have on our website and just tell them to set it and forget it. And, you know, don't worry about uncovering it and taking it out of the oven and basting it because when they're fresh like that, you, you can't dry them out unless you leave them in the roasting pan for four days. Right. It's, it's really, really hard to ruin it. And uh, I think a lot of times people just get so nervous and anxious because they know it's the centerpiece of the table and they want to make it right. They make it into a more of a challenge than it really is. You're, you're, you're right. There is definitely an intimidation factor to cooking a Turkey for the, for the first time. So, you know, tell me real quick, what are those good roasting secrets for a fresh Turkey? So without actually reading the directions, here's what I can tell you, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to remove that Turkey from the cryovac vacuum packaging that it's in. You're obviously going to handle it like any other piece of meat. You're going to, you're going to rinse it off and and make sure that it's clean. Uh, We recommend putting it in a roasting pan and putting just a, you know, a small amount of, of Turkey stock in the bottom of that roasting pan. And then whether you're stuffing it or unstuffing it, you know, obviously doing what you're going to, what you're going to do there. But the biggest thing is tenting it in aluminum foil uh, and, and leaving it tented and tight so that while it's in there roasting those, you know, that steam is not being lost out of the roasting pan. And that's actually what keeps the the meat moist, you know, from beginning to end and, and not, not taking it out of the oven and not removing that tent until based on the math, time-wise of the size of turkey you're cooking, you know, you're getting close to, to the finish time uh, of desired temperature. Because a lot of people get into removing it and they take 10 off and they're basting it. Well, every time they do that, they're disrupting not only the internal temperature of the oven, but the internal temperature of the turkey itself. And, uh, you know, it just throws the whole roasting process off. And, you know, we recommend, and every oven is different, uh, but we recommend 350 at 15 minutes per pound of, of the actual turkey's weight. So that gives you a benchmark to, to know when you should be close to being done. And that's really when you want to start checking it. Uh, that would be the first time that you would want to be untenting it and actually checking it with a meat thermometer as opposed to checking it every hour and going through the basting process. What does it feel like for you guys to know that you are the, you're the centerpiece attraction, so to speak, of so many uh, Thanksgiving gatherings around Northeastern PA? Uh, You know, there's, there's a huge level of pride and satisfaction that goes into that moment. You know, it's granted, it's a big push, right? It's a big push for us for the month. And it's a, it's a big sigh when you finally sit down on Thanksgiving Thursday and, and you know that you've, you know, you've not only raised the flock, you've processed the flock, but you've put it into your customers' hands and you're hoping that they're all sitting around table you know with the with a smile on as big as as big as we are and uh it's you know it 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 inspires you to to do what we're doing uh because some of that some of that connectivity like we had discussed earlier is lost right um there's there's just there's a portion of our population that thinks that some of this stuff that's in the grocery store that they have ease of access to every day is actually coming off the shelf behind the retail counter. And it's, it's not like our, our customer base is, is very local and, and they, they see what happens here uh, on a daily basis because we're so highly visible, you know, we're, we're right, you know, we're right 
in the thick of it and people can visually see what's taking place here on the farm with just driving by. And uh, I think they make that connection and, and they know that uh, they, they know that what they're seeing is translating into, into the product that they're purchasing and putting at the center of their Thanksgiving table. Listen, those were the questions I had. Is there anything that I forgot to ask you or anything you want to add? A lot of people are, are concerned, you know, has the pandemic impacted uh, business for us? And I will tell you that, you know, with what we're going to raise, that process starts so early in January and February that, you know, we had to make a commitment to uh, move forward business as usual or to, you know, to, to opt out not knowing what was going to happen. And, and we took the approach of moving forward businesses as usual. And uh, I will tell you the, you know, the flock of turkeys that we have is as good as we've ever seen. And, and obviously we're in the thick of, of trying to get a pulse on the demand side right now. And we feel very, very good about uh, the, the customer demand. So obviously it's reassuring to us that, um, you know, our customer base is going to try to maintain some sense of normalcy during the holidays and, and, and maintain those family traditions uh, that, that they're accustomed to. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we feel real good about that. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. I do, I do appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way. And all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Podbean at pfb.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.